You are tuned in to the Fantasy Wire HQ QuickCast, proud member of the Full-Time Fantasy Network. Check them out online, fulltimefantasy.com. Thank you for jumping on today. I'm your host, Frank B. Follow me on Twitter at FantasyWireHQ. Bookmark the website, FantasyWireHQ.com. And as always, I appreciate you listening. Be sure to subscribe to the pod wherever you are listening to the podcast. Today's QuickCast. Obviously, I put it out on Twitter. I'm going to get some Jordan Love react, so let's jump into it. Ooh, here we go. Jordan Love, quarterback. I'm going to tell you right up front, I saw the pick as a Packer fan. I said, what in the hell are they doing? I don't like it. I, I don't. I'll be honest, I don't. But I do not hate it as much as Packer Nation. Packer Nation here today is raging and I feel you man I get it I get it it's a head scratcher it's a long-term pick I mean you got to look at what it is for what it is and it's a long-term pick so let me start with the Packers move up four spots in front of Tennessee Baltimore Seattle Miami none of none of these teams needed a quarterback at at a conspiracy theorist Maybe you could say Titans. So why did they move up? Everybody's scratching their head. So I I thought about it overnight. And the only thing that I can come to is some something spooked Gutenkunst and the Packers to jump up. So what would have spooked them, right? Now, obviously, it's a draft. There's always rumors of teams wanting to do this, rumors this, player, you know, whatever, right? So are they looking back? into round two, where the Colts have the 34th pick, Patriots have the 37th. The Patriots jumped out, so it looked like they were out of the Jordan Love quarterback in general business of the first round anyway, so it didn't even really matter. But did something spook them that they were going to try to trade back into that first round and scoop him up ahead of the Packers? Maybe? that uh, To me, that's kind of the only thing that could make sense there. So, I, I get it. I mean, Gutenkun says all offseason, he's not afraid to take a quarterback. He stated, obviously, it's a priority. People ignored it. I ignored it. Fans ignored it. He wasn't joking. So he t- he takes the pick um, post-draft interviews. More or less, it's, a, hey, it's BPA, best player available. I trusted my board. This is who we had. We had him ranked high. The thing that stings and what is not comparable to Rodgers is that he didn't fall. If Tua would have fell to that spot, to the Packers, or even if they jump up to grab Tua because he was falling, I think most fans, and and me for sure, I can tell you, much more comfortable with that pick because like when Rodgers fell, you said, you can't let this guy, there's no way you can pass on him. you got to take him, right? But in this respect, it's completely different. Moving up those spots is mind-boggling to me. Like I said, it's something spooked them. That's the only thing I can put my finger on. Um, but this is a future build. This is a outside of 2022 pick in the first round. And I know most everybody does not like it. But that's what it is. So as a Packer fan, you know, you, you always want what's best for the team. And... What would you say, honestly, what what scares you the most as being a fan of a team in peril, right? 
I'll tell you what I'm scared of. It's the no quarterback purgatory. And I've lived the no quarterback purgatory as a fan of the Ravens back in the day. Now, I've been a Packer fan. I came into the Packers as a, you know, fandom-wise. I watched them as a kid. I saw the 80s. Uh, Bears rivalry was classic. You know, they were on the losing end, obviously, way more times back then. But I stepped in to really get a feel for this team and start liking them. Probably about the end of the Mikowski era. Everybody I used to work with back in Maryland, we were all huge Brett Favre fans when he stepped on the scene. And then I move out here, um, late 90s, obviously. So then you get into the Roger, you know, end of the Favre era and Rogers. But as a Ravens fan, listen, 96, Testa Verde, Eric Zier, Jim Harbaugh, Stony Case, Tony Banks, <laughs> Elvis <Hey>. Gerbach. <laughs> Jeff Blake, Anthony Wright, Kyle Bowler. Awesome. Not awesome. Troy Smith. Remember Troy Smith, Ohio State? He was what a lot of Ravens fans expected. Um, you know, Lamar Jackson, that's what Troy Smith should have been back then. But yeah, suffered through him. And then you get into Steve McNair and uh, Joe Flacco time. So it sucks. It sucks. As a Packer fan, I don't want to see that again. I don't want to go through that again. It's terrible. It It's the worst. I I don't think it's a complete bonehead Browns move, you know, these super head scratchers. Nonetheless, it is a head scratcher. So let's look at the NFC. Did they lose ground in the NFC, right? Let's break the NFC North down. My opinion, the Lions make a move. Um, for Jeff Okuda, big, big corner, nice pick, but that's a lateral move. They just lost Slay. I know they get Trufant, but did they really get any better? I, to me, that's a lateral move. They got a little better at corner, but they're still, you know, if Slay would have been there, it's a slam dunk. But then you look at the Vikings. I thought they did the best of the NFC North, obviously with the Bears not having a pick, but the Vikes get another receiver. Do it's more or less two slot guys. Less than 100 targets between receivers last season. Diggs is gone. So where does the you know this pick play in, right? They'll be fine. I know he's going to be a stud. Uh, but Vikings, they you know they did slightly improve in my opinion. However, their defense, Mike Zimmer did not draft a defensive back or a tackle. Linval Joseph is gone. Their DBs are completely gone. I, that's kind of a head scratcher too, to a degree. And then overall, the NFC as a whole, and when, when we think about next year's playoff seeding, playoff teams, this is how I'm going to rank the big boys, right? Number one, the Niners. They improved the perimeter with Brandon Ayuk, pass rush, Javon Kinlaw, two primo picks in the first round. They're ranked number one. Number two, I'm going to give to the Bucks. I'm not a Brady fan. I, I mean, I like the guy as a player and all, but as a you know, I'm not a fan fan. But to get him the protection and Tr- Tristan Wirfs at, o- at offensive tackle from Iowa, that guy is scary. I saw a few games, you know, within the Big Ten and watching the Badgers and stuff. But to see this guy's film and his highlight reel, and then look a little deeper to the past couple days. That guy is an absolute monster. The, the biggest thing that I saw in film is when they showed a highlight. I can't remember which one. I'm not that good. Uh, but he takes on an edge rusher. It looks like he loses. He gets backed up, 
and he's at such an angle. You're like, this guy's beat. He's going down. All of a sudden, he just throws this guy to the side like WWE style. He's out of that block, and he's chasing the play down. Like, that that guy is impressive. So the Bucks, you protect the franchise there. I think that's a definite improvement. Number three, I'm going to say the Cowboys. CeeDee Lamb, offensive firepower. Gallup, Cooper, Lamb, Zeke, Dak. Holy crap, that offense is going to be lights out. It's exactly what Mike McCarthy has always wanted. And you could tell the way he was just absolutely glowing at that even before they announced the pick, that guy was glowing like he won the Powerball, right? So I'd imagine after that selection, he dialed up Ted Thompson and hung up on him. <laughs> Without a doubt. Why wouldn't you, right? Why wouldn't you? So I'd rank Cowboys at three. Number four, I'd give the Saints. I think uh, anything in the trenches, they pick up Caesar Ruiz center. I don't know where they're going to put him along the Saints line, but... And again, protect the franchise and Drew Brees. You're, you're going for a Super Bowl. You want max protection. You've got to build the trenches. You've got Emmanuel Sanders already in free agency. So build the line, protect Brees, give him time to throw, set up blocks for the run game. I like that pick quite a bit. And then number five, I'd put the Seahawks, linebacker Jordan Brooks. It's the Seahawks pass rush, linebacker you, kind of like the Steelers and Ravens. Um, but overall, that's a tough tough top five to navigate through come playoff time in 2020. So where do we go from here? I'm going to say, man, I'm just trying to look at a little history here. And like I said, at the top of the podcast, I don't like the pick. So don't get me wrong. I don't, don't light me up that I'm, I'm a Jordan love, you know, lover. I'm pro pick. I'm, I'm really not. I just, I don't hate it as much as most. And the more I look at, you know, history, I like to look at proven commodities and the draft uh you know it's always a crapshoot you never know who's what who's gonna take off you need three to five years to to gauge it so let me just read okay we know the jordan love deal right but let's look at an nfl pro scouting report and this is one i picked up about jordan love his strengths when love is on he's really on his arm strength is among the best in class as he throws with great velocity behind his passes and can hit receivers at any spot on the field. He's got the ability to deliver rockets from awkward throwing angles that players like Patrick Mahomes and Russell Wilson display in the NFL. Love's accuracy has shown elite flashes as he can throw with great sense of timing and anticipation behind some of his throws. Solid athlete for the quarterback position. He can move around and maneuver the pocket as well. And he has agility and breakaway speed to offer some value if he takes off with the ball. His lower body mechanics and hip work are great in a clean pocket. He crisply crisply rotates his hips, Dak style, um, along with his arm in throwing motion. Though his production fell off a little bit in 19, his 18 tape was fantastic. He was a playmaker who made several big-time throws per game. And that's the switch at coordinator, coach, whatever, with Gary Anderson, former Badger walk-away coach, and I think that guy's got like five plays in his playbook. Weaknesses, Pro Scout, this is not Pro Scout speak, not me. Uh, with the departure of players like Darwin Thompson and Dax Raymond after 18, Love's performance fell off significantly in his junior years. Production went 32 touchdowns and six picks and 18, very Rodgers-esque. 220 touchdowns and 17 picks and 19, averaging more than one pick per game. He has a tendency to force throws, neglecting other reads and sticking with his 
first read, no matter what. His arm is certainly strong, but he sometimes trusts it a little too much. Love's upper body mechanics could use some improvement. He has a bit of an elongated throwing motion and a slowish release that should be cleaned up a bit. He also has a tendency to panic under pressure, showing jittery footwork in a collapsing pocket and not rotating his hips all the way to follow through on his ball. That has shown some effect on his accuracy when defenders get in his face. I think that's totally spot on, both positive and negative, and that's pretty much what I took away from watching highlights of him. So I would agree to that. But let me read you just one more interesting scouting report on a player B. Let's look at player B's good. He gets set quickly and does a fine job of seeing the entire field. His ability to make progression reads and look off receivers has improved greatly to the point where he is among the elite in this class in those facets. He has terrific awareness in the pocket, lacks prototypical quarterback size. He shows adequate quickness in the pocket and the ability to buy many second chances with his awareness and feet. Tough quarterback with good leadership, no character concerns. Coaches speak very highly of him in terms of character and work ethic. The bad on player B here, adequate but not ideal size, good scrambling quickness within the pocket, but he is not, however, a threat to take off and run on any consistent basis. Late bloomer, only two years at the major collegiate level, product of the system, question mark. A good percentage of his passing yards came from short throws that were turned into long runs. He's a system quarterback, three, five, seven step guy, can't create on his own, panics under pressure, gets flustered easy. I don't think there's a quarterback in the draft worthy of a first. I'm dead serious. None of them are worth it. That is a scout's report on Aaron Rodgers. So you take it for what it's worth. Have fun with it a little bit because these are fun to look back on and go, what the hell? I mean, take a look at you know Ray Lewis's undersized scout scouting report. Ed Reed's got some good stuff in there. Um, Troy Aikman, Favre, everybody. They all got good, some good funny ones, bad ones, crazy ones that make you think. So have fun with it. It, it is what it is. <laughs> yes, I said it. So the other thing I, I was saying, you know, I'm going to look at history. I want to kind of go back and look at history and what, how do I feel about the rest of the draft? It's not even over yet. This is the first round. The first, we're going to jump into the second round today and we're going to see how it plays out, right? It's not over. I'm seeing all these posts on Twitter about mail it in, draft is over, nobody good is left, they all suck. I don't, I don't agree with that. There's not a lot of good depth at some of these positions, but can somebody tell me the Packers wide receiver track record in the draft? 2006 wide receiver Greg Jennings, round two, Western Michigan. Anybody have a blip about who this guy was when they drafted him? Because I remember looking at my, you know, draft guide going, Greg, who, what the, who the hell is this guy? 2007. James Jones, I think it was San Jose State, round three. Who the hell is James Jones? Boo, James Jones. San Jose State, that's not even a good conference. They suck. Jordy Nelson, round two. Randall Cobb, 2011, round two. Kentucky, yeah, it's the SEC, but... Randall Cobb, this guy is so small. What is he going to do? Like, 
He's just a glorified punt returner. He's never going to make a spot catching passes. There's no way. And my favorite, 2014, Devontae Adams, round two. My, my eye test, my history little lesson here, Packers can hit receivers in later rounds, second, third, maybe into the fifth. You never know. But as a team, every single team in the NFL is good at something and bad at something. Either look at the Ravens. How the hell do they do they ever draft good receivers? They don't. They never do. They just can't. I don't know why. Is it the scouting? Is it their measurables? What they're looking for? How they big board them? I don't know. I don't know. It's been like that. It's not a two or three year thing. It's an all the time thing. They just don't do it for whatever reason. That's okay. What's their specialty and what's their weakness? Look at the Packers. I would say over the course of 10 to 20 years, their specialty is the wide receiver and offensive lines, right? And say what you want. We could always, always use more depth at the O-line in Green Bay. That's my that's my personal priority. But look at some of the offensive linemen over the years. Mark Tauscher, round seven, and in that same draft, Chad Clifton in round two, two bookend guys, right? Mark Tauscher, round seven. Out of Wisconsin, what, what were the expectations then, right? Scotty Wells, center, Super Bowl champ, 2004, round seven. TJ Lang, 2009, round four. 2008, year prior, Josh Sitton, round four. Marshall Newhouse, round five in 2010. I called him the human turnstile, but he is still in the league, and I, he is. I don't know how. He's getting it done. He didn't get it done so much with Green Bay, but uh, he's obviously down the road. He developed a little more once he was gone. Um, Mike Daniels on the defensive line, round four, 2012. Bakhtiari, round four, 2013. Same draft. J.C. Treader, center, round four. 2014, center, Corey Lindsley, round five. So I feel a little bit better going into today and the weekend and saying there are still good receivers left. The Packers can grab one. Rodgers can get another weapon. Now, is it the weapon, the top, you know, the top 10, the top five that we've been drooling over for months? No. Is it going to be somebody that can make a difference? Absolutely. Why wouldn't it be? Did you think Greg Jennings or James Jones or Jordy Nelson, Randall Cobb were going to be difference makers at all? I thought they were decent picks, but like I said, you got to look them up. Who in the hell are these guys? What are they going to contribute? They're they're not the prototypical guys. They're not the ones that have been on covers of magazines the past six months and all the hype and the Twitter videos and this and that. So I'm not too worried for the Packers at the receiver position and the offensive line position right now. Now, I'm going to reserve complete judgment till after the draft is done. I want to see that whole body of work before I finally say yes or no and give you some more insight. But those two positions for me right now, I'm not worried about. The weakness, now we got to get to the weakness on Green Bay, has always been to an extent linebacker and defensive tackle. They just don't really nail these guys. And I think a lot of it, the prior regime with Ted Thompson was always, these are tweener guys, we'll make them work, we're going to move this 
linebacker into a defensive end position, or we're going to move this defensive end guy. He can play three, he can play five technique. We're going to make him this. We're going to move him there. That stuff doesn't work. And I think that was part of the problem of why they can never develop these guys. But I would like a defensive tackle. I mean, I, the first round, I would have been plugging in a defensive tackle because Green Bay cannot stop the damn run. And that's how they exited the playoffs this season, right? So you've got to address it. You've got to address it. So for me, I would have grabbed the defensive tackle there or I would have traded back. Either way, they don't have a fourth round pick now and they can do some damage in those fourth rounds and middle rounds of the draft as evidenced through the years. Now, maybe they make some moves this weekend and I'm guessing they're going to have to make some moves to move up being so low in the second round. If they've got a guy they want to go after, they're going to have to make some trades to go up and get them, I think. Otherwise, if you would have let it be and take a defensive tackle at the first round pick or even take a wide receiver, either one of those picks I would have been much better with. And I think Packer Nation would would have liked much better as well. But then they could have went into the second round and moved around and maybe they land Jalen Hurts. Maybe they land Jake Fromm. Maybe they still land Jordan Love, but that was a very attainable situation that could have played out. I think it could have went down like that. Now you move and get Jordan Love, you're all in. Goody's all in. He, all the chips to the table. It's a ballsy move, man. It's a ballsy move. I'll give him credit for doing it, but like I said, he's looking out for the interests of the team, not the current present window that Aaron Rodgers has to get a Super Bowl in. I think... You attack the weekend by getting your receiver. If you got to move up to get him, you move up to get him. You back that up with a defensive tackle or a linebacker. And to be honest, I don't even care what order it is, but one of those three positions has got to be addressed early round two and three. We'll see how that plays out. But looking ahead, I think they could, maybe they trade up for T. Higgins, wide receiver, Chenault, Pittman. There's still a lot of good ones left. Maybe they get a linebacker, Logan Wilson, Wyoming, Zach Bond, hometown kid, Malik Harrison out of Ohio State. Offensive tackle, you got Josh Jones, Houston, Cushenberry, LSU, Ezra Cleveland, Boise State. Defensive tackle, Raquan Davis, Alabama, Neville Gilmore, Oklahoma, Marla Davidson, Auburn. There's still plenty of guys left. It ain't over. There's still some depth there. They're going to have to maneuver. They're going to have to pull it off. I have more faith in Goody doing this and navigating the rest of the draft than I did Ted Thompson. And as a Packer fan, I think you would agree. <laughs> Looking at my notes. These are all my quick notes that I was making from the draft last night. It just random thoughts throughout the day. So I'm trying to read my own chicken scratches. But hey, this is where it's at in 2005. I'm try- I was trying to compare because there's so many comparisons about, well, this happened to Aaron Rodgers. It's the same thing. And it really isn't. It's just not. Um, the 2004 season, if you go back, they were 10-6. and six. It was a wild card loss to the Vikings, 31-17. Mike Sherman was gone. Enter Mike McCarthy. Favre, in that year, in the 2000... Um, yeah, no, no, 2004 season, I'm sorry. Favre makes his 200th start in week 12, and he finishes up 4,000 yards, 30 touchdowns. And the wide receivers that he had at the time, Antonio Chapman, 
Donald Driver, Robert Ferguson, Kelvin Kite, and rookie Javon Walker. So going into that 05 draft, as a Packer fan, what were you saying? My God, we need wide receivers, right? We need wide receivers. Got to get them. So who did they draft? Aaron Rodgers. And that was the reaction. And if you're a Packer fan, come clean. Because I sat up at those training camps and mini camps along that chain link fence, watching the team and listening to fans boo Rodgers. That was disgusting. I'm watching that guy going, he is going to hate it here. He's going to get the hell out of here the first chance he gets. Because he got treated like dirt. And all the people calling the radio station, oh, Brett Favre, we don't, we didn't even need a quarterback. This is, I hate Aaron Rodgers. Those people ain't coming out now. They're long gone. They're in their bunkers, hiding down, hunkered down. They're, you'll never see those people the light of day. But I remember them, and I'm sure a lot of you people remember them too. So, 2005, they go four and twelve. Mike McCarthy's year one. 2006, they go eight and eight. 2007, they go thirteen and three. And that was the heartbreaker Giants playoff loss with Favre throwing his interception, right? So it took three years to get Rodgers in the groove here. And that's why I go back and say Goody's building on that 22-23 season because it's going to take Love some time to get into this game. Now, I don't think he's going to start right away. He's going to be holding a clipboard. That's fine. Rodgers did it behind Favre. But look at Rodgers right now versus earlier. We're holding on as fans to the Aaron Rodgers that never got hurt, looked like a video game offense, and went to Atlanta and dismantled the Falcons in that in their dome and then jumped over and you know went on the Super Bowl run. That's not the same Rodgers anymore. He's good. Hell yeah, he's good. I'm not an idiot. Everybody knows that. But he can get hurt. Who enjoyed that Brett Huntley stretch? When Aaron Rodgers was hurt and Brett Hundley... How many Packer games did you watch as a fan? Oh, yeah, that's, that's good right. One. You didn't watch any of them because I turned... I couldn't take it. That was awful. That was terrible, terrible football. You don't want that year in and year out. So I don't know if Jordan loves the answer, but I don't want Brett Hundley time again, ever. I don't want anything that's even remotely similar to that. So if they, I guess from Goody's standpoint, if I'm trying to think like him... You would have to say, Jordan Love was our highest rated quarterback. We're in love with him. Okay, we're going to take him, and we're going to take him now, and he's going to sit and learn. And God for, God forbid if anything happens to Rodgers, and he goes down middle of this season, middle of next season. Maybe he's done, or it's an IR type season a year or two from now. There's somebody that is at least partially groomed to understand the offense, get it done, and do something, right? We thought Brett Huntley was that guy, and we were all pretty convinced that he was that guy until we saw him and he was not that guy. Maybe Jordan Love's the same. Maybe he's not. We don't know until it actually happens. So I can kind of see that perspective. However, this year, this draft needs to be a win-now, all-in weapons draft. This is the draft where you say, we're getting that Super Bowl. We're getting it done. We're coming back. So obviously you look at this Jordan Love pick and you go, nope, that's not the priority. Nope. But I'm not going to rule it out. I don't think it's completely, you know, the team saying, oh, I don't care about a Super Bowl. Of course they care about a Super Every team cares about a Super Bowl right now. But maybe 
in Goody's eyes that this Jordan Love pick is a way to get your chess piece across the board, let it sit there, you're ready, and it's going to come to fruition later. He must like the draft from a standpoint of, I can still get receivers later that I like, I can still get linemen later that I like, whether it's offense or defense, and linebackers. So I'm not going to rule anything out. I'm not going to throw this, crumple this draft up and throw it away right now. I'm not going to jump off a ledge. But all I'm saying is be patient, let it play out, and you just you don't know where it's going to go until the stuff happens. So with that, that's... That's my take on the Green Bay Packers and the draft. I'm not going to get any more podcasts in or thoughts until this is completely over. I wanted to address this one because it's fun. And Jordan Love pick, good God, that was the record scratch of the opening round. So with that, have a good day. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Quick Cast. Let me know what you think in the comments, on Twitter, wherever. Let me know what your thoughts are on the draft. I know a lot of you hate it. And like I said, I understand. I get it. We're all in this together as Packer fans. And I will catch you on the next Quick Cast. Yeah, all right. This press conference is over. Go away. No, it's over, Phil. It's over.